This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, Georgie, check for Dadsy. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. <laughs> only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery free in terms supply. See mcdonalds.com. Leicester City have a penalty kick in the sixth minute of injury time. Injury time, injury time. Look out, takes. Almunia saves. Look out, follows in. Almunia saves again. And now Wapner on the counter attack. Forestieri. Oh, I don't believe this. Here's Hawk. Dini. I do not believe what I've just seen. Trondini has scored from a Leicester penalty that was saved by Almunia. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. Do not scratch your eyes. to multitask and it's all going wrong please save me sir how are you doing <laughs> i'm good how are you oh uh, i'm fine other than the fact i was going to start playing uh, troy dini to everybody for, for no apparent reason oh, again but never that, mind that's okay that's okay you can play the eastenders drums whenever you like though because I, 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 I don't get to see that much out here so. i will uh, yeah i mean uh, i'm not being dark rich took quite exception to that he said i'm not an eastenders <laughs> fan it was very sorry rich no, I'm, I'm fine with it no, I, I love rich to pieces i like it i like uh, it very much when people don't agree with me and rich is head of it i like that oh mate what did, what did you um, how have you been what did you make of uh, of things uh, good. Th- these well, last few know, weeks judging judging by your early comments you probably have a lot of respect for my washing up drainer arrangement oh, well done, um, said, I, said. I do yeah i do i it's very efficient so yeah well, one day if you come to dubai you can have a look <laughs> that was the lowest wattage invite i think anybody's ever had to yeah. dubai well done <laughs> yeah yeah so i thought i'd listen tonight i've have been a bit busy the last few weeks so i haven't been able to to listen live but thought tonight i could so that i can use my valuable podcast listening time to catch up on those troy Deeney podcast great to hear him and the clips that you played earlier did feel again like what everyone else is saying really missed that leadership from him and it was interesting I thought today when the last time we played or last few times I think we played Millwall I was listening I was watching it on a Millwall feed and they the boys the commentators they were very good actually but a couple of complete wide boys and they were like all oh, you got to do you got to do two things first thing is you with Watford all you got to do is rough them up and they'll crumble and actually that didn't happen at the first few minutes Kayemba and Livermore went straight in and knocked out a couple of them and I think Kemba got a, uh, got, a got a card for it and you could see right okay we're not actually going to back down so don't, don't try that one again and I was thinking at that point yeah that's Good, because that's what Troy would have done. And we kind of missed that that kind of spirit. And the second thing they said was, don't let them shoot from outside the box, because they like to score from outside the box, which they did. They shut us down and, and they made sure that we didn't. Or whether they shut us down or we just didn't do enough ourselves is, is a different thing. But yeah, after that, 
poor Hamer had a bad game. Should have saved that goal, I think. The, the commentator was saying that as soon as the, the bloke stepped up to take it, he said it's going to need a deflection. He's not going to score from here. It's going to need a deflection to go in. And, and that's exactly what happened. So bit of a shame. And, and then Hamer had a, a couple of other incidents, didn't he, where he should have done better. And he was a little bit jittery, I thought. So overall, look, 65% possession, but no attacking threat. And that's the point here. You've got a couple of, I think a couple of players on our team who are much better than most of theirs, like Dennis and Espria. And they couldn't really do anything with that, which was a real shame. I know that there's a lot of talk about Val, and I, I don't really see the point in in dispensing with him now. I come back now to what I've kind of concluded over the last sort of few months is the ownership. We are we are stagnating, and the ownership that I just don't feel they're invested. They're financially invested, but I don't feel that they're emotionally invested anymore. For whatever reason, whether that's because of tax issues elsewhere or, or whatever, I don't know. And now, what's the path forward? And this is a question I wanted to ask actually, because I was listening to your podcast and one on the other one, one of the other ones as well about the finances and yeah. of the club. And I, but so so I suppose my, my my question here is why isn't why isn't Watford an attractive prospect? Because when you look at the the facts, we are. A club that has a very strong heritage. We have links to Elton John, and he still wants to be involved, uh, from what I gather. And there's been successes in the past, two FA Cup finals and two stints in the top division. We get a prime location just outside of London, so that that's good. The facilities have all been upgraded. A uh, great pitch now, great stadium. And, and when it comes to our awareness, even in Dubai, we've got a massive mix of nationalities here. Everyone that's interested in football knows who Watford are. They still think Troy Deeney's part of Watford, but anyway, that doesn't matter. The, people know who we are. So, like, wh- why why isn't Watford an attractive proposition for... Why aren't people queuing up for us, is my question. Where do we start? So, first of all, we've got... We've been technically insolvent for the last two accounting periods. And, 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 and so, yeah. Uh, and sorry, on that, are, are we okay. any different to any other championship team in that respect? Well, I'll, I'll come on to that in a minute. However... Okay. We have... No, I'll, de- I'll deal with it now. You're absolutely right. My, my, my first answer is I don't really care about any other championship club. It's about whether or not we have debt that cripples us moving forward. And, and personally, and I've said this before, because the, the other one you probably would have listened to would have been the excellent Mike Parkin on From the Rookery End with yeah. Kieran Maguire, who knows his stuff. And I bow down to Kieran's comments and opinions. But the thing I think he is guilty of is that, in a way, it's almost because this is so berserk that everybody is listening to the price of football. If it was, if football was literally, how can I put this? If football was straight ahead and financially very good, nobody would be listening to the price of football. There'd be nothing about it. And, and, and what Kieran tends to do is say, oh, well, it's not as bad as Chelsea. And those are words he's actually used. And that, that's really berserk. This is quite good. And this is, this is what's, what's useful. Now, I get that. I get that. But we aren't Chelsea. We aren't any of those particular. We aren't any of those particular clubs with that level of turnover. So our thought has to be close to what we. What is very Watford specific? We have an awful lot of debt leveraged against the club, on paper. There are that debt is in three parts as we've we've laboured before. There's the, the the that amount owed to Macquarie Bank that they consolidated what we call the operational debt. That's there and that seems to be being uh, dealt with. That seems to be dealt with via Scott Duxbury's kind of 
element of the club, shall we say, i.e. the commercials and the, and the running of, of, of the club. You've got the money that's owed to Gino and you've got the money that is owed in this, this factored debt, the money that we borrow against future payments from other clubs. So really it's not that much debt, etc. But you get into a you get into a position where you must be talking to these finance houses or hedge funds or investors or venture capitalists. And in essence, you come down to what are the material assets of the club and are they in excess of what we are being asked for? Because the club's what what you're actually buying is the club plus Gino's debt, potentially. So it's a question of, I'm not saying he doesn't want to get to a position where he might want to have that, or that he wouldn't want to, because the club has stated for a good five years would like to attract external investment, kind of different from a takeover. So we'll see. But the question typically comes down to, one, how much is that valuation worth, i.e. are we being asked to pay a premium to pay off the debt from the previous owner's running of the club? Because that might feel sort of unpalatable. You, you tend you have all of those points that you made earlier on, absolutely fine, but a lot of the stuff is leveraged against in the club, and I think that might be an issue. And also, of mm. course, you've got the ongoing issue now of, and, and I'm probably putting two and two together and coming up with 98 here, right, it, it is the fact that in and around the time when it was uh, revealed that there was a... An interested party, I think we now have heard that there might be two interested parties. One has ducked away, the other had gone slow. This was according to uh, Andrew French's report on it. So that had gone slow. There's a couple of things in that which I think, which is one was the fact that the Spanish tax inquiry piece was uh, regurgitated, shall we say. The, the, The prosecutor came out and said, I'm asking for 12 years and £35 million fine. And suddenly that's something that, in, in my experience, typically a, a, a US company might just go, oh, hold on, we want to see this. It was also suggested that obviously the information that came out about who it was mm. upset them. But I don't think that would have really upset them to that degree. But contributory factor? Yes, very possibly. The third point, which I mentioned last week, is the fact that you've got this thing coming called the New Deal or the, the, the yeah Fresh Deal or a New Deal for football, which is about what is the percentage of the uh, Premier League prize fund that is being reallocated they're going to be they're going to be increasing the amount that comes down to championship league 1 and league 2 now that is a really interesting thing because if you look at and I'm coming now back to your point about other clubs we had 27 million pound of operational debt last year i.e. we made a loss of 27 million pounds operationally we sold players to put us into the black brilliant great stewardship and we have to play a trade that's the way a club of our size has to do it not arguing with that at all you look at the best performance of operational debt for the championship and it was a 15 million pound loss so coming back to your question about what is that kind of similar now if there is depending on how much improvement is in this new deal for football are we going to suddenly be a little bit more attractive because if we're getting i think it's a six-year deal that they're talking about let's say we were going to get another i don't know 10 or 15 million suddenly you go from a 27 million pound operational loss down to maybe five or six that suddenly feels an awful lot more attractive to an investor than somebody who's on 27 million and it may be that they want to see that going now all of that is supposition because i've got no access to anything that that anybody else hasn't got access to things like the athletic and the internet etc so that will be really interesting that is supposed to be it was supposed to be decided upon the other week it got put back to i think the 11th of march 
And the reason why the, the, the Premier League are looking to perhaps get this thing done is to try to get a vote, I think, to try to head off a football regulator being appointed by the government at the past. They don't really want that. And therefore, what they're trying to do is kind of bring everybody on board. So there's a there's an imperative about getting it done now. Once that is mm. done, you would hope that people would be able to go investors. Because, yes, I think there are people who are interested in buying football clubs that they, they would look at it and go, that does make things attractive. And suddenly they might mm. hear things with a better ear uh, suitably also. And the reason why people might look at Gino's tax implication is that tax implication comes from a previously owned club, Granada. Mm. Do you want to do you want to jump in thinking? Well, well, hold on, we're going to need to know the level of due diligence they probably have to go through. Would might take a huge amount of time. I'm sorry, I've taken yeah. so long to answer that question. That that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. yeah. So I I think that's I think that's where it is. Is he asking too much for it? I don't know. Not party to it, but you can understand why the debt that he is owed plus the years that he's put in, he might want to see a profit back, and or his stated intention about saying, well, actually, what he wanted was investment rather than kind of a takeover. So it'd be interesting to see, it'd be, it'd be fascinating to be a fly on the wall, put it that way. Very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes much more sense now. <laughs> yeah. Well, there not, we go. Not quite so straightforward and simple in my head. Well, there we go, everybody. Anyway. We've, we've heard it now. Yeah. If, there's, if there's ever a shock ending, it's that. Pete just made sense. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> there you go. There you Brilliant. go. John, Thank sir. you. I've always wanted that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when do you think you might be able to get back over uh, I, another time? I hope, well, I don't think for this season, but I think probably... In August, so the start of the next season. So when I'm back, I'll let you know. Brilliant stuff. Okay, well, look, John, go and enjoy the weather because here it's, well, you'd have seen on this afternoon, it's not warm. It's yeah. not warm, so you yeah. win on that one. <laughs> go over and look after Dubai and the Middle East for us. There's Mr. Thank John Thackenardi, everybody. Love that very much. Take care. Let's get across to Sean, and then we're going to go to John, and then we were going to go through the five-word reviews. Sean, sir, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, mate. I, I've just got a quick question for you, really. I didn't, I haven't heard all of it. So I went for a pint after the game. Well done. First first time I've been to Millwall as a supporter. All right, so, okay. Uh, yeah, I'm usually in the back of a van with a crash helmet. So it was a nice treat today. Oh, I'm, cool. so glad the, I'm so glad the boys put an effort in for me. Mate, what, Andrews, has it been addressed? Have you heard anything? Something has to be going on with Andrews. Well, interestingly, somebody just popped up a thing on our socials, which was Val being asked by Andrew French, because every time, obviously, we're on here, Andrew is doing the digging in the post-match interviews. And apparently Val's comment was something along the lines of Jeremy Ngakia has always been the first choice right back since he came to the club. Which might ask then why in three years he's got about 29 appearances. That's absolutely just... That, that, that's nothing more than a fob off that. that of course it is. Absolutely that's agree actually with just, that. I'm actually disgusted with that. I'm, I'm really... I, I am, I've been pro... Out, I really have because at the beginning of the season we all said the same thing we just want to see some passion some effort and some pulling together players won players a team and we saw that mm-hmm. they might not have put out the best performances but there is no question there was effort also one thing that a lot of managers haven't been able to get out of any well many Watford squads is that getting themselves across on oh Sean I think you're just cutting out there mate you can actually see at the beginning of the season what he was trying to do. And the players seem to be reacting to their instructions. Yep. At the beginning of the season, we saw that they, he was actually getting some instructions onto the pitch. And you could see the players that were adjusting and they were trying. And, and many managers haven't been able to do that. But they're not doing it now. Agreed completely. The... They're not doing it now. They, and, and, and I'm not saying that they're not putting in the effort now. Some of them are. 
but they are not playing to they're not they're not whacking out a beat to what the manager's wanting. And if the manager is asking them to do what they're wanting at the moment, then I don't then we've he's he he, he needs to go because that is not what we were seeing at the beginning of the season. And also these team structures and team selections absolutely reek of what we've seen before when the teams were not being picked by the manager. Oh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Because how is Andrews? I'm I'm sorry, but it's blatant lies at the moment. He is not managing Andrews' minutes. He is quite clearly one of the best fullback that we have, wing back. He has brought him on twice, maybe even more, as a as a front wide player. Yep. Now Andrews is a footballer. He's got a lot to learn. He's raw. Yes, he's had a couple of goals for us. He isn't a forward player. Okay, he's not a forward player. So to do that, something else. He's be he's being told. It reeks that he's being told to do this. There is no way that he is sat on the bench for six or seven matches and he is having his minutes managed. That's bullshit. Absolute bullshit. And then for someone to turn around and say Nagakia has always been our number one choice at fullback, then no one's watched him play. Very simple. Because he is not a championship fullback. He can put some effort in, fine. But people, professional footballers should be able to do certain things. This is another level. He's not a championship fullback. He hasn't been. Look at his injury record. Five-year contract, first-choice fullback. It's, it's reeks. It, it smells to me as if Andrews has already been sold and is and, and they've been told by someone not to start him. Oh, like a Yao Pedro situation. Yeah, just a listen. We are we here. You can here's the down deposit. We'll take him for X amount, but only on the condition that doesn't play any more games. Maybe it's because they don't want anyone else to see that he was actually doing really well at fullback. Who knows? Who knows? But the thing with Val is, as well at the moment, do you know what? I, I understand all the arguments about get rid of him, get someone in, get him, bring in the youth, get Greaves in for a few games, and mm-hmm. let's work with next season. Because And like Troy said in your fantastic interview, by the way, absolutely amazing. As soon as I saw four hours, my eyes sunk, my shoulders slumped, <laughs> and I thought, I cannot, seriously. And honestly, mate, every word, I, I just sat in the car and listened. Absolutely superb. Well done. Brilliant, that was. But he, he said it himself. If you're going to set up for next season, that's great. But equally, if we have gone into the season to save money, to cut money and all the rest of it, maybe Val has got something in his contract where if he goes before the end of this season, it's going to cost us half a million more. If that is the case and our, and our project this year has been cut, well, then why get rid of him before the end of the season? Is there another financial incentivization to stay with him it's it, this is all as ever these are all kind of suppositions i've now got and rich wfc2 god bless you sir had sent us the the note on twitter and he said he officially rich's comment was he has officially lost his mind read this which is the kind of thing that rich says and i like very much indeed this was from andrew french's initial tweet and he said ask val about his selection at right back he said ngakia has been first choice in that position since he came to the club Hashtag Watford FC. I just wanted to read it verbatim rather than just my memory of it. But yeah, that's... And I, I imagine that a lot of people are probably looking at that a little bit wide-eyed. And, and no no disrespect to, to, to Jeremy and Gakia. On the the guys that from the rookery end are doing some stuff with that works for Opta, and there's also a gent called Matt who, who now comes on and talks kind of the stats and goes through them. And he he came on and said, I think, and, and apologies, Matt, if I get these if, if I get these stats wrong, that's not good, is it? Let me try and get these right. He said something along the lines of, in the squad, Andrews is 19th 
for ball retention. And, and therefore, what he's trying to do is keep the ball kind of made, perhaps. That that seems to be the implied suggestion. To me, as anybody who has watched football will know that the more progressive you are, the less likely you are to have a high retention figure. Aspria is two places above him in 17th, but you don't see him not being played. And they're almost operating in, in roughly speaking, quite often the same sort of areas. Because when you have Andrews get the ball, or when you see him getting involved in the play, he is driving forward, a lot further forward, a lot more advanced, a lot more of an attacking threat, trying to push back their his opposing number back into their half. And therefore, he's trying to make passes or crosses into areas that are infinitely more congested rather than simply and I'm not having to go at, at Jeremy here because he also did make a he, he did make an overlapping run today because uh, I was kind of like going where is he and then he came right in that instance Andrews would have been there earlier because it's his natural game but you can see that he's trying to get there so fair play to him but you will typically see as Boyd mentioned earlier on and as Rich mentioned earlier on it will go from the right back to the right centre back to the left centre back to the left back all exactly. day it's and, a false it's a false stat isn't it exactly. it's a stat that it, it just reeks you can have Truce to Kong was our highest ball retention because it only ever went sideways and backwards. Every time he passed it forwards, inevitably it ended up in a 50-50 or a lost ball. It, that, you can stand there and tap the ball to... What is Man City's ball retention? They, they do three-foot passes all, all game. It's a ridiculous stat. What I want to see is how much ground have they covered? How many one-on-ones have they done? How many clean tackles have they done? How many interceptions have they done? How many completed passes in the progressive thirds have they done? How many shots on fucking target? How many crosses? How many completed crosses? That's what we want to see. How many times you've passed it to the mate standing next to you? Great. Well, Matt, who's doing the stuff from, from the Rooker End, and John, that's great stuff. Guys, go and get that. There's also, obviously, the Buzz podcast. I keep calling them the Buzz. Tom, Jordan, Matt, I'm very sorry. It's the Buzz podcast who do loads of these stats and go into that and into that analytical side. It's their niche, so we try not to kind of get involved, but we kind of talk about it at the kind of site test level, if you will, and kind of might reference a few things. But these guys, that's a great idea in terms of going through and extending it further, because I think they've all made really impressive starts to uh, to kind of talking about this stuff in terms you, of that. Um, do, you, do you think he's gone? Go on, Pete. I was surprised that we didn't see uh, last week. I do actually think there is a possibility that the club have been trying to support him and almost going against their better entity or, or their more natural instincts, shall we say, because people have wanted to have, have it have a manager. We, we've said it on here. All, all the guys on all of the podcasts would have said it because we're all slightly fed up of speaking to somebody from whichever Tim Pot club we're talking to who goes, oh, you're going to sack another manager. But I, I just, it just looks at me, I just feel we look tired, we look listless, and we look like we need some form of jumpstart. We need we need a defibrillator attached to the team's heart and giving it a push because at the moment they are going through the motions. I appreciate they will, you know, there are players in there who will work hard, but there isn't the level of uh, interaction that you would hope to see. Yes, they had been, the manager has been, I would suggest, not supported in the summer or indeed the January transfer window. I don't think that is, I don't think that is beyond question that that, that hasn't come in, but what, what what we've now got is this is the squad we've got and is he getting what we need to get out of them? And if we were on 50 points, I'd be going, I don't care, let him stay. But I'm generally, genuinely worried about the next six points because I think that's... the, the We could get sucked into this because at yeah. the moment it does feel like we are sleepwalking and I appreciate there are a number of people who've said about this for a number of months and I'm kind of with you. I needed to, co- I needed to come to when... 
I could see it and I, I think I see it because we were talking about there's various things coming out in the Watford Observer this week, which were things like we've talked about issues before. We had a conversation after Sunderland and you go that Sunderland away game, there was a reaction to it. There was a kind of a determination that we're not going to kind of go into the uh, go into the night meekly. I didn't my see big, something. My big concern, my big concern, is that the teams below us—they're they're, actually—they're beating us or taking the points mm. off of us. And whilst we're sitting nice and pretty in twelfth, that six points is massive. And the teams below are starting to kick on. The QPRs have had their bounce. The Stoke have won. I think Sheffield Wednesday won again today. Did Huddersfield get a point? Yes, they did. 1-1 against Leeds, absolutely. Listen, there are a lot of teams between us and the bottom. So, yes, for us to go on a real proper shitsville, then so really the eight sort of teams, there's sort of eight teams below us that have got to do worse, if you like. So I think we'll be all right. But we really do six big points. We need six big points from somewhere. And and, and I fear that the later we leave it, the worse it's going to be. We'll be interested to see. Sean, sir, lovely to hear from you. Well done for having a point after the game. That's one of life's better choices always. Good to chat. We'll have another chat very soon. Let's get to John, and then we're going to come to Stephen. And see, because Stephen, I believe, is a Millwall fan, so we like to hear the opposition view here, because I think you warranted that today. I don't think we're claiming anything other than that, but obviously we are licking our wounds, because that's five in six. But Mr John Parslow, sir, John, come and tell me something positive, sir, if you can. Oh, well. There's a challenge. So I had, well, I don't think I'm going to be able to do that thing. <laughs> yeah, that is really a challenge today. So even to the point, the positive thing should have been, I was hoping to be coming to you live from a dog walk. Fortunately, we have little Bailey at the moment. because She's still only well, just over 12 weeks. We got to the end of the drive. That took about 10 minutes and then turned around and came back. So completely replicating a Watford performance. So, yeah, that's... <laughs> Oh, everybody, if you didn't know already, the opposition view has us predicting scores via Cocker Spaniels. And now we've got another one who is basically doing imitations of the Watford squad. That's very good, John. I like that very much. Now, as I do the videos, she is in training. We, I do have one earmarked towards the end of the season that I hope to bring her into to just go head to head with Jarvis. But yeah, but a bit like Ryan Andrews, I don't know. She's more interested in doing other things, probably extracurricular or something that's stopping her getting up. <laughs> You're resting her for no apparent reason. Yeah. So yeah. So today, yeah. <laughs> Do we talk about today? Yeah. Go on. Okay. So so where am I? Yeah. So if somebody actually listens back, obviously I'm not. I'm quite positive and rich iron a little bit alter at times. But just before Christmas, I did say that the one thing I was aligned with, which was I've, or at that point, I was like happy in just settling us down and getting stable. But I really expected us to kick on and then from Christmas. And and frankly, it's it's awful. What, what I'm seeing at the moment is all the good little things. I know we can sit here and say we've enjoyed the season mm-hmm. and there's lots of bits and pieces. And that was true up until Christmas. And there was, for me... There was enough of little spots of pro- progress that stable ship, get going, do, doing some things. Yep. Maybe attack a playoff, which seems the most stupid thing in the world to say now. But everything, when I'm watching it today, everything that we said, that the things we we're enjoying, the togetherness, the never-say-die attitude, just won't give in, some patterns of play, bits and pieces of stuff going on, it's gone. It's, it's all gone. I, I'm just watching it going, in fact, I was... I was distracted. I was with my dad watching it, but I was distracted. Just don't care. Didn't see us getting a goal, getting a goal at all from anywhere. And and that's the really frustrating thing. And like everybody else has said, and, and quite a few people have said what I would have, I was going to come and say anyway. I, I've 
desperately against anything wanted to keep a manager for this season. You just articulated yeah, it yeah. now. Even if it's just a put two fingers up to all the commentators because because you can work and get rid of that narrative for a bit, right? Maybe even get get see some positive signs to the end of the season and then and um, be safe enough to bring in the youngsters. Justin, forget the Healy one. It's got to be Jack. Give Jack Greaves a chance at least. Surely some energy, just something different, right? And we're seeing none of that. And what I fear now is with the gap only being six points, I think Gino just has to pull the trigger just to be sure, just to be safe because something's something is horribly amiss. As you know, I asked that first question at Palachi Gino, and to be fair, he was very honest. He said, yes, I'll, I'll sack who I want when I want, but I'll do it when I think it, I just see it's not going on, right on the training ground. So something's horribly wrong at the moment. The care point, though, is if it's an interim, I think it's just got to come from within the club. I honestly do. I suspect maybe they did try and have a conversation with Tom cleverly or the rest of the group there and John Owen someone say, look, just take over just to see this through or something. Maybe they rejected it going, don't want to that's just chaos but maybe they have to go back to that i'd rather see that happen and just do something within the club and then get in the person for the season assuming we can't get that person in now and of course um, and of course the, I, other, the other flip side is you also have to take a look and go nothing predicts future performance like past performance chris wilder came in and wasn't able to do anything so yeah, look there's there's mm. lots of side to this coin and nobody gives a definitive answer we just all come on and kind of talk our opinions through there it'll be interesting to see what does or what doesn't happen but it certainly feels like the current performances are dipping just as we don't want them to dip obviously you never want performances to dip in a season but it is that old Watford thing of we're in sight of it's on the horizon is that safety number of points for this year and okay then let's see what happens in the summer but you suddenly look at those 11 games and bearing in mind we've just had Rotherham, Huddersfield and Millwall that everybody was, when we were talking about, was saying somewhere between we would want at least six points, seven really, and we've ended up with three, which was a fairly unconvincing three points at, at Rotherham. With due respect to, to Rotherham, they have not been pulling any trees up of any size or description this season and that's the one team we've been able to beat. We didn't against Huddersfield. Yes, they had a manager bounce. We lost today against a team who were organised and in, in Neil Harris, somebody who connects with the club. You did see, I think, the, the crowd, get, and I appreciate people said they weren't really necessarily getting going. When it counted, they were there. They helped kind of see them across the line in terms of that. Maybe manager bounce is what we need because Huddersfield and Millwall have done it and, and they're, mm. they're, they're seeing some benefits. But if, like every appointment, it's no point doing it unless it's the right one. And you can only look at that yeah. and say it was in hindsight, unfortunately. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I, I don't know how many music buttons you've got because you play the Benny Hill thing, but if you just wanted to play me out, uh, not with an EastEnders one, but a different track, uh, given that Carl and Greg, a few of us, are on a boat today, maybe you could just play that theme tune from Titanic because oh, that's what it feels oh, like. Oh, yeah, because I've, uh, I've got that at my fingertips, haven't I? <laughs> I've got Kate Winslet and Leonardo Bloody DiCaprio. Yeah, of course I have. You know. <laughs> Never, never mind. This, no, no. Well, well, well. This just can't go on, right? That's, that's the point. So, yeah. So, I think even I, I'm, I can't give anybody the positivity today, other than, yeah, yeah. It's poor. A lot, a lot of the guys who've been on today were right. They've been right for a long time. You can applaud now, Rich. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. Hopefully, see. You. I'll, I'll try and get to the bar on time. I'm, I'm so late again to getting down there lately. I haven't been down there for ages, but. Uh, 
I'll try and come and alone because I, I need a bit of a hug from people. So I'll try and pop along at least Wednesday. Because honestly, if I'm feeling bad, I don't know how the rest of you guys feel. So this okay. is true. We're going right. to sign off with John's own sign off. There you go, John. I think that's appropriate. I grant you it, it doesn't have the gravitas of a Celine Dion epic, but I liked it nonetheless. It's probably how it's probably what she sounds like now if you go to a concert, to be fair. So that's all right. <laughs> oh, there you go. We will we're gonna we're gonna finish that there because let's be honest, it doesn't get better than dissing unnecessarily Celine Dion. Obviously, Canadian yet appeared in Eurovision for Switzerland. Can't trust that kind of behaviour. Let's get to Stephen. Now Stephen is a Millwall fan and we like to hear from from opposition fans because we think we weren't great today. There may be a difference of opinion. Stephen, sir, if you hit your mic button down the bottom left, there you go. Stephen, how are you doing? Yes, very well. Thank you for having me on. I'm not here to, to glow no, that's like fine. that. I'm here to, to, to just, I've, I've been listening to you guys for about the last half an hour. Cool. And just a couple of points that I, I wanted to raise. Fire away, sir. Before the game today, I'd actually said, someone had mentioned that you guys might have been sucked into a into the relegation battle. And I actually dismissed it. I thought, oh, it's too far. Obviously, one result doesn't change that. But yep. listening to, to you speaking and your listeners speaking, you seem to be quite concerned about it. And the, the point I just wanted to raise and, and from a from another championship fan is there's a lot of clubs, us included. I think today you, you probably played us at the wrong time. Neil Harris's first home game in charge. Yep. The, the, the crowd and the atmosphere and, and things like that. But the point about the funds from the Premier League coming next season. Yes, yes. And the, the importance of clubs staying in the division. I think us, I think Huddersfield, QPR of All-Star Stoke, perhaps I know they won today, looking at their positions, thinking we need to be in this division next year. Yeah. We need to be we need to be a championship club for that financial stability. And I think that the clubs like yourself, Middlesbrough, who are kind of mid-table, who probably weren't looking at the bottom three whatsoever a couple of weeks ago, are now starting to, to feel probably a lot of pressure to keep themselves in the league. For what it's worth, I don't actually think you guys played too badly today. I know I might get pelters from your regulars and your supporters because you've been watching you guys over the last few games and the form's not been great. But I don't think you played that badly. I think you come up against a side that basically said, come on then, break us down. And you just wasn't able to do it, which is the Neil Harris mantra. But I, I don't. I, I think there's certainly teams in the division that we've played that perhaps, shall we say, have, have played worse than you have and, and have come away with points at the den. I think just from my perspective, the game was won by a deflected goal. There wasn't many shots on target. We sat in and defended. You you had a lot of the ball, but didn't really do too much from it. It wasn't a classic, a championship game that, that anyone's going to remember for a long time. But for what it's worth, I think you guys might be... There's a relegation talk. It's easy to, to say it as when you're not involved, but I think you guys will be fine come the end of the season. But I would say that if you're going to make a change and if, if your club's going to make a change, it might be best to do it now rather than later. Because if you do get sucked in, a new manager might not get enough time to, yeah. to be able to help you guys. No, very good point. Very good point. Yeah, and I think I, I, it, it, it's interesting your points and your observations. We had we, we always have chats with with opposition podcasts beforehand, and we spoke to that Millwall pod, and it was a great one with, with Chris, who does the analytics analytics show tomorrow. And he's, he said exactly what you said in terms of this might just be the wrong time because of there'll be a there'll be a sense of kind of returning prodigal son and we'll mm-hmm. kind of go for this. But your points, I think, are absolutely spot on in terms of we're not so bad, apart from the fact that we do occasionally play at the back suicide football, which everybody seems to want to play these days for some strange mm-hmm. reason, inexplicable to me, but never mind. But the problem is, he's in that final third 
unless we get a moment of creativity and brilliance from somebody like Yasser Espria or Emmanuel Dennis, we don't do anything. We are, I think, comfortably the the scorer of goals from outside the box. We're kind of we're, we're ticking that box. We're winning that league. But the reason why we're doing that is because we are not able to break anybody down and open up mm. in, in a, a traditional kind of goal scoring positions that you you might like to see. And like somebody who. A, a bio who played centre forward for us today, and indeed, of course, Art Mileta Rajevic, who has scored ten goals but doesn't do anything outside the box. He's not really kind of getting very much much fed to him. Bless him. So it's kind of it's frustrating. But interesting I, about your observations there. So go on. Sorry, fire I, away. I believe I'm actually from that Millwall podcast as well. Oh, brilliant. I, there you go. I, I am one of the panelists as well. So I did listen to the show with with Chris that you reference, but I actually, I think the big lad that you, the guy you mentioned, I think he scored against us at your place. He did. He got the header in the end. The header. And that's the sort of thing. I think today from your perspective, you did the crosses that were coming in or when you got into the final third, you wasn't able to pick your own team out. Obviously from our point of view, I thought our our defenders did a, a, quite a good job of, of stifling the the attack and and stopping you guys doing what you wanted to do. But as I say, I don't think today was a classic. From what it's worth from a Millwall perspective, I think you guys will be okay. I certainly don't think you're you're one of the teams that are likely to get sucked into it. I know from your point of view, you're looking at your form and your fixtures and it's always different when it's your own club. And I understand that it's much like us. We're at the bottom. Teams seem to think we'll be okay, but you never know. But no, I, I just thought it was a very interesting point. I think manager or clubs and managers have been, decisions have been made because there's a lot of teams in the championship that want to make sure they're still in the championship. And if you are going to do it from a from an outside point of view, I think you guys, it's, it's better sooner rather than later to give a new manager at least a fighting chance if they take over. Super stuff, super stuff. Well, look, this, Thanks this for having me on. mate, this place here is all about hearing different opinions and different perspectives. So, getting one from 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 our opposition. Congratulations on today. Congratulations on the last two results. Looks like you're moving in the right direction. And best of luck for the rest of the se- uh, the the rest of the season, Stephen. Thank you so much for coming on. No, thank you. Thanks for having me. Good luck for the season. Wonderful stuff. There you go. And anybody asks why we get opposition people on? That's why. That's good. I like that very much. We're going to go Florida bound. I think we're going to go Florida bound and speak to Adam and we'll find out whether or not he's done his five aside already today. I'm sure he has done. Adam, sir, how are you doing? Hello, mate. How are you? Hello, mate. Oh, all right. What can we say? Lovely Stephen there is basically, it's like the Samaritans are doing an outbound phone service to ring us and go, no, come on, you'll be all right, honestly. But it's funny. Like, I, was, I was driving back from football. I stopped off at the supermarket to get some dinner for tonight. I requested a speak, and I was like, oh, shit, I'm going to supermarket now. And I, oh, and I scored a goal today. Oh, from, well done. On a header. Oh, so better than freaking Watford. From a corner. And we never score from corners. Adam scoring from a corner, everybody. There you go. There you go. I, I thought I'd give you the big crowd thing there. Why not? There oh, you go. <laughs> uh, and, and, and kudos to you on that podcast. I know I, text, I, I sent a message on X or Twitter or whatever it is. That was just the Dini podcast was absolutely fantastic. He was great value. He was great form, great fun, great form, and I appreciate that he will polarise people depending on where you sit with various things. Well, I was pissed off at Troy basically after all the shit that had gone down, and yep. like listening to him speak, he was quite he's quite eloquent in his own way. He's just oh. kind of he's very succinct and he gets his point across very well, and he seems to know what he's talking about. So. Yeah, uh, I can't I take think, that back. I, I I think he does. Obviously, the the the, the thing the the burning contention, everybody, 
Um, and this came out in June. I remember because we referenced it at the Parlacci Gene uh, Geno Movement Movement meeting. And it was obviously he come out. He was on a thing called Filthy Fellas, which is a, a podcast, and he, he's there with a bunch of people. And he turned around and he said that, oh well, I was contract negotiations and. I'll injure your players. And what was the other thing he said? Oh, and the, oh, the negotiations, I asked for the speed bump. And I asked uh, Scott Duxbury about that on the night. And he went, I, I think he was, he said something along the lines of he, he was taken out of context. And I went, no, we've all heard it. And he went, yeah, but it was to a podcast. And it was like, you do know we run a podcast, don't you? Like, no, none taken. And he went, no, you, I think he was just being, he said, look, the speed bump's out there. You've all driven over it. It was all it was all flannel. And then when we spoke to him on, it was on Monday Monday late afternoon and then he kind of allowed us to carry on to him talking to him for bloody ever which was lovely of him really because he didn't have to but the reason why he'd agreed to come on was because we said look we've got some questions from Hornets fans and you know he really cares about his legacy and his memory here genuinely and I think I, I suspect he knows excuse my French but I think he knows he fucked up when he did that right and we were talking about it and the piece came out whereby he said, well, of course, I was supposed to come back and this was there and I wasn't there. And it's there on part four if, if anybody wants to go and listen to it in detail. And he said, and it didn't happen. And Justin asked him and said, was that because of speed bumps and this? And he turned around and said, well, no, that came out after. I did that because I was pissed off. It was He, he kind of yes. he shoots from the mm-hmm. hip. The same thing that makes him combustible on the pitch makes him combustible when he's had several drinks, etc. That is not an excuse. It can't be an excuse. But he, the, the, the reaction to it has been overwhelming from people. And if it, if it helps inform their opinion of, uh, of, of Troy, for good or for bad, it doesn't matter. People have to make their own opinions. If this place is any, for anything, it's about to say your opinion is the one that matters and we're not going to try and argue with you about it. But if it gave him the opportunity to hopefully come back a bit closer to the club, then I'll take that all day. And it's, But most importantly, when I say the club, the club supporters. So there we go, there we go. Anyway, so once, once you got your game and you saw the result and how everything well, had been listened, over the last I few actually, weeks. I watched 90%, 85% of the game. Oh, so you did well done. I saw, yeah, well, our game finished and I saw 30 minutes of the first half and the whole of the second half in the bar. Cool. So it was, how do I say, a very quite dominant performance, but being shit at the same time. They, they couldn't score in a freaking brothel there was just nothing their keeper granted ben hamer didn't really have a lot to do either and i missed their goal i heard about it so typical sort of watfordy type scenario where they're not defending properly but what that one shot from Aspria and one from livermore and they were very tame there's nothing clear cut and they just cannot they're nice going forward and passing it and stuff and as soon as it gets into the box it's like slow and ponderous, and they don't know what to do. And we're having to we're having to be become experts at long range shooting because we're not creating anything. Nothing you know, go, going into that box, into that second yard box, which is why. Well, no, we people we can get into the Ryevich conversation uh, another time, but we're not creating much for him. I think that's fairly reasonable to be said. People have come out and mentioned the stats and his xG versus his goal scored aren't that bad, which suggests that actually he's not having an awful lot created. For him, you can argue, mm-hmm. should we have a forward who needs everything created for him to tap it in from five yards? That's another reasonable argument to have and debate to have. And I'm sure the buzz and from the rookery end will discuss that in terms of a stats-based kind of argument. And that's fine. But yes, it's frustrating that, as I said to Stephen there, that 
we're just not creating anything. There's no right. We're gonna. When was the last time we scored a breakaway goal, yeah, a counter-attacking goal where we kind of exploit space? We don't. We tend to kind of get it and then keep it across the back and let them filter back and become our own worst enemy. We just seem to lack that dynamism, which is very frustrating. What can we do? What can we do? Never it's mind. It's terrible. I, I don't know. And now the big question is, Val going to go this week? I don't know. I think he should, personally, now. And I've been in the keep him in and not sacking managers every five minutes and we haven't we've persisted and he's been given a lot of time i think relatively speaking and he's got no injuries to speak of he's had a pretty healthy squad for most of the year and it's not happening no, so it's very where, true. where do we go we have to uh i think now someone i don't know who it was said before yeah the Millwall guy he just said i think you should sack you get rid of him now and bring someone in otherwise Suddenly, we're going to find ourselves down in the bottom five, and all of a sudden, yeah, we're in a relegation scrap. So, absolutely, and I think the management of the club, because let's not kid ourselves, I'm sure the management of the club must toy with these questions all the time, and they would have been looking at it, going, "Well, if we make a change now, would we make a a, a run for the playoff six games ago or so?" Now it's a question of going, one, can we have something this season to enjoy? We really only need two or three more wins. Two would take us to 50 points, which is normally the the breakover character kind of figure that you would look for. But but yes, it's it's, it's one of those. The real question, though, is, uh, Adam, and uh, I'm sure you haven't heard EastEnders uh, uh, for, for quite some time, but I think we should finish on this, which is you scored a goal from a corner today. If we offered it and we offered you the airline fee and everything and offered to put you up in somewhere nice, I, I think like the Grove, I think yes, because Troy talked mm-hmm. about the Grove. It's got to be the Grove. That must be by default. Would you come across and be, having scored a penalty to uh, a corner today, our next set-piece coach? <laughs> no, I don't think I'd be quite up for it. If it was rugby, I'm, I'm more of a rugby guy, actually, when it comes to playing sports and tactical awareness. My tactical awareness on the... I'm great on the sidelines because I actually captained my side today. And when I am on the field, I have no freaking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, that was so... That was a shame, Positioning, it? like, is like... No, you want to be inside of him. No, I don't want to be like here. Because I'm not that quick anymore. And most of the guys I play against are quicker than me. So I've got to try and position myself to... Anyway. Never mind, Adam. Yeah, I've come come across, though, for everything else. Brilliant stuff. Well, look, when, when, next time you do come across, sir, it'd be lovely to see you down the bunker and all of that good stuff. There's Adam from Florida, making sure we tick that Florida box every time. This is a nice thing to do. Hi, everybody. This is Ian Bolton, and I'm proud to be on uh, Do Not Scratch Your Eyes podcast. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. (laughs) At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
Rob, I'm going to come to you in just a second. Let's quickly get across to Gary, because I know Gary went to the game and was on the boat, Boaty McBoatface, or whichever one it was. Gary, sir, how was your away day? Ooh, Sounds like it's still going on. Look off my beer. Keep an eye on that, Carl. Hang on, Pete, I'm going outside. He's with Carl. This doesn't all go well, does it, everybody? Yes. Uh, how are we Peter, doing? I've not listened to the spaces. I'll obviously listen to it back when you put it on. That's fine. Spotify, whatever. I'm sure it's all been very val out, their shit, blah, 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 blah. But I just want to turn around and say, I've had a fucking great day today. You might be able to tell I'm slightly pissed <laughs> because I, I was on a boat at 10 o'clock this morning going down the Thames with many Watford fans. And it's probably the first time I've done an away day in 20 years. And it's been brilliant. Absolutely. Fuck the football. That was crap. Uh, yeah, the boat was brilliant. Sorry, I'm really fucked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, oh, I I'm love really it. <laughs> we, we, we've seen some videos. It all looked like everybody was having a great time on there, yeah? Oh, yeah. It was, it was a really good day. It was cold. It was wet. Greg was on there. Cold, wet. We were all up there. Cold, wet. But, yeah, it was brilliant on the boat. The football was a bit of a depression, and we're now on the piss in London Bridge. Well, uh, with loads of Watford fans. Oh, well, so, look at this. This is the way to do it, everybody. I'm very impressed with this. All in all, it's been a... Take the football out of it. It's been a bloody great day. Oh, well, for fat. me personally. Fat. Well, good for you, mate. And well done for getting back to the away games. That's a lovely thing to do because it's... Let's face it. We always say this is all about community. And it's just everybody's friends who haven't met yet. But now you've basically been on a boat with about... Was it about 300 people on there? Yeah, there was. Oh, Pete, I didn't count them on there. It was, there was a lot of people on there. There was a lot of people on there. But yeah, good, really good day. Really good day. And uh, to be honest, I wouldn't be stood there on that boat and I wouldn't be stood here now talking to you if it wasn't for you, DNSYE guys, in all honesty. Well, that's what the community is, guys. We can move it from online to drinking heavily whilst on the Thames. I think that's got to be an aspiration for everybody, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Well, look, mate, you get back inside and get yourself a drink, because it sounds like you need it, and and, and say something derogatory to Carl, because I'm not there to do it for you. What would you like me to call him? Oh, I know. Suggest to Carl that his beard may have had some colouring treatment. That'll do. That'll do. Okay. Yeah. Well. Yeah. It does. It, well, the, the grey is coming back. <laughs> the grey is definitely coming back. The grey. So he, he did die a few weeks ago. He did. I, and I did take the piss. And uh, he, he then offered me quote unquote some beard tips. It sounds a very nasty thing to me. I don't like that at all. Go and take the piss out of the little fella. Go on. That's it. That'll do. That'll do us, gal. We'll catch you soon. See you. Uh, are you going to be at either either Wednesday or or Saturday's game? I'll be at Saturday. I'll be. I'm bringing a mate of mine. He's he's an Arsenal fan, but he's going through a he's going through a bit of a shitty divorce at the moment. And I said I'd take him to Watford and cheer him up a bit. Well, well look, this is what sorrow looks like. Absolutely. Get yeah. him, bring him in. Bring him down the bunker. We'll have a drink, mate. Yeah, I will do. I'll see you on Saturday, Peter. Wonderful stuff. Excellent stuff. Hello, Gal. mate. Brilliant. If you, I'm sure that Carl, when he does his vlog, depending on quite how drunk he gets today, will have many videos and pictures of the guys going down the boat. 
to to the Millwall game. Well, I say to the Millwall game, they seem to be going away from Millwall for long periods of time, and then they've kind of turned around and gone back again, obviously, to see the game. Not sure that last turny bit was a good idea, but never mind. Rob, Rob, how are you doing, sir? I'm good, mate. How are you, right? Oh, yeah, I'm all right. I'm just, just glad to know that, that Carl didn't manage to fall in the Thames and drown. He's, he's at least managed to get some part of the way through the day, which is good. But other than that, how, how, do, how did you see things today? Well, I was having a, a, a bit of a day of culture in Oxford, and then I put the phone on and checked the screen. Check the score, and it was like, for fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that, that'll, that'll always do it for you, I think. Um, yes. Yeah. No, that's it. But uh, I was thinking, if you've got the bit of music for the boat, the, the, the love boat would be quite good from the 1980s. Oh, I remember that. Oh, you see, this is the kind of thing that if somebody had suggested to me when I was talking to them earlier on, I, I could have done. That would have been very good. The suggestion was earlier yeah. on the Titanic, but that I'm, I'm sure the boat doesn't end well in that particular scenario, so I couldn't go with no. that. But the love boat? Crikey, that would be good. I think the, the, the question for Gino is, to be honest, because I, I was valid until today, and then I'm sort of thinking that Gino's question, is it cheaper to sack Val or will we lose more money if we go down? And the obvious question is, we'll lose money if we go down. So I just think he's, I, I just don't see any kind of like oomph in us to actually get some victories in the next few games. And then we go through Swansea, Coventry, Birmingham. And then we're on to the really tough games. I just don't see us getting anything at the moment, if if I'm honest. This is going to be this is going to be literally well more than the sixty four thousand dollar question. When we were just speaking to Steve from from Millwall, who who, and who said, look, a lot of the teams down there now are scrabbling for their lives because I don't know if you heard me mention it earlier on, but we're going to be getting an increased percentage share of the Premier League prize money that's distributed through the leagues. Um, That's coming in in March. And obviously one's going to hope that will keep teams far more um, stable and sustainable, obviously depending on who's in charge of it. Because sometimes if if somebody's going into a casino and you give them another 20 quid, they're not going to come out with 20 quid more because you gave them 20 quid going in. But you would hope that would make us sustainable and be able to kind of move things going forward and maybe uh, better to attract investment but what it means is that everybody else down there is fighting for their bloody lives to make sure that they can kind of uh, come back up or stay up if they possibly can so the question is going to be if you're Gino and uh, and if kind of we talk to you and and go Rob you're Gino for the day are you going to be letting him go and raising the corner flag or are you going to keep him or let him I think, go I think the corner flag comes out and he has to go unfortunately and I think we have to do what other people said there you go that was the East Enders moment not- I like that, but I would, I would have gone with casualty personally. But <laughs> well, no, we'd have had that for when we had like six midfielders with about seventeen hamstring injuries last year's season. That yeah, would have been the good at that point. I'm, I'm going to have to play around yeah. with this more, aren't I? I can't just be one yeah, themed. Yeah. Never. You'd have to have like a smorgasbord of ideas to, to yeah. choose from. This is true. This is true. So, so your cultural day in in Oxford did it involve any of the following? Did you go around the colleges? I did. Yeah, I went around four of them actually. Yeah. Did you go to any? Did you go to any pubs? I did go to a couple uh, of pubs. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. That, that's the full cultural experience. I don't think there's any other box that you need to tick. Perhaps. Obviously, I'm... to be fair, the colleges were there was a, a fair sprinkling of ponciness to them, but it was a good day. To be fair, good stuff. Well, look, I'm glad you had a good day out. That's the most important thing. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see how things go. Go on, sorry. One thing before I go, mate. What I don't understand about football managers is why they're so obsessed with sticking with the same way they play. Surely it's just like you'd be more intelligent to change the way you play to fit situations. I don't get it why there's like 75% of managers out there that must stick to the game plan and nothing else. It makes no sense to me, but... 
Well, no, I agree with you. Uh, you know, the, the sensible manager would typically be looking at the team that they've got before they decide on the fashion that they are playing with and what they're looking to do. We had the opportunity to chat with Troy this week and we went through literally every single manager and one that kind of every single manager had something, a story and everything, which was lovely to hear because it was genuinely interesting. But what he said about Marco Silva was really interesting. He said he was brilliant. He said his, the way he looks at it is he goes from transfer window to transfer window and you have to improve. You have to keep improving. And I think the, the question has been, these transfer windows, have we improved? Now, you can argue that's not down to, to, to Val, or Val has come out and said, no, we wanted to keep 20 or 30 million imaginary pounds or other currencies are available, and that I wanted to keep this small squad. And I want to That may well be absolutely true. But what we need to do is make sure that we kind of, we move to move forward each time. And I don't... I just think in since the January transfer window closed and since Christmas in terms of the the actual results wise we've not been we've not been advancing we've not been going forward and I don't think the the window has helped us and I don't think I don't think the manager has helped himself by saying I'm happy with this I still think that's an odd thing just one quick thing actually you talk about the barometer I grew up in a house with a barometer such as you and, and did people go and up and dad, tap it yeah, my dad used to tap it yeah, yes, yeah. I, I, I yeah. didn't I, I when as I was saying it I was thinking Hang on, is this just me? Were my grandparents like kind of were they just playing this trick on me? But you did you kind of click on it and they'd say, Well, you'd see whether or yeah. not it's gonna get oh, I don't know. I don't know. Well he talks in Fahrenheit as well, which really confuses me, but <laughs> <laughs> Oh, look at this. Rob, thank you, sir. Lovely to hear from you. No, especially that. for backing me up on the barometer thing. There we go. That's a that's an actual thing we heard there. Let's let's hear from Mal and then we're gonna get across to Geordie and then I'm gonna go through the five word reviews, guys, and all of that, and you can kind of charge out if you wish and what have you. Mal, sir, how you doing? Oh, you sound like you're in a pub. Hello, Peter. Yeah, in the pub, just coming out for a meal with Jen and Hannah. Lovely. And that, after trying to cheer ourselves up after today's performance. <laughs> Yeah, I can't blame you for there. Never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Well, what, what did you want to add into uh, today's shenanigans? Uh, I just think, what's the point of getting rid of Val now? Because, one, who's out there for all this? And also, we haven't got the money to pay him off. There you go. There you go. Another diff a different word of caution. Do we have the money to pay him off? I would be amazed. But, hold on, mate, you've got a load of background noise. I'm just going to pop you on mute there, sorry. I would be stunned if we had given him that extended contract and not allowed ourselves some opportunity to to, to be able to move on. I.e., if look at the Abby Grazia deal. We gave him a four-and-a-half-year contract, and then within six months he was out of the club. Surely the operations there will have had something in there whereby it's payment till the end of the season, or there's a break clause, or there's a contractual way of doing these things. I'm sure it won't cost a hill of beans to do it because if you go back last year, we had a £2 million termination total cost on the accounts. The previous year it was £8 million. That's a big expensive mistake to make and not learn from. I, I can't believe that we will have done that. I think if anything, we'd have probably extended his contract, but probably as an option, if you will, rather than anything. So I think there might be something there to, uh, an option there to go. In terms of the reason why you make a change is because there's six points. And do you think we're going to be good for another six points, Mal, if you come off mute again? No, I'm sorry. I'm afraid we lost Mal. Sorry, Mal, you had loads of uh, background uh, noise there, but never mind. Let's quickly get across to Geordie and then we'll get into these five words. Sorry, Geordie. Let me just, me and multitasking, it's not a good thing. What can you do? 
You heard about me talking about draining boards and washing up earlier on. That wasn't good either. Geordie, sir, hit your hit your mic button. You know the deal. You do these things all the time. Geordie, how you doing? Hey, you right? Can you hear me? Yeah, got you loud and clear. Got you loud and clear. Did you venture down to Millwall or did you did you pick it up somewhere? I did. I went off to the den. Oh, right. Come on in. Not the best game I've ever seen. Yeah. Right, but I'm not actually here to talk about Watford. Okay. I'm not well, here to talk about Val. I'm not here to talk about Gino. And I'm not talk- here to talk about Millwall. Okay. I'm here to talk about what I've just tweeted. And I don't know if anyone's seen it. Nope. But basically, where I was sitting today, in around the 40th minute, some bloke behind me, Bellend, shouted, Air Force, you F slurs. The second F is worse than the first. This is a club that was owned by the most famous homosexual in history. It's called the Original Family Club. And it's ridiculous. That in this day, that still happens. I don't normally come on the Do Not Scratch Your Eyes. I like to just listen to it. But I had to, I need to get this to as many people to hear this as possible. Mm-hmm. Because in the 21st century, at the original club, the club where people complain, none of this happens. It never happens. Or it's just happened. And I heard it clearly. It was right behind me. So it's a joke. Jordy, you still there? Yeah. Yeah, sorry, mate. I just I finished. Sorry, so- sorry. It's all right. It was a little bit intermittent, but I think we've, we've got everything. But basically, somebody has shouted out, and I'll... I'll, I'll if, in case anybody didn't get it, uh, two two words, both beginning with F, expletive and homophobic, basically, yeah, yeah, right. And they are Watford supporters. And who and and do do we know who this was? I'm not asking you to name them, but do you know who it was? I don't know who it is. Sorry, you cut out a bit low. Okay. I think no, no. you asked. If you know who it is. Yeah, I don't know who it is, but I can tell you, I was in seat K73, and I think there were two rows behind me a little bit. I'm not sure exactly. There were two rows behind me somewhere around there. Okay, well, I think the first thing is I agree with your comment completely with regards to the fact that, and I was, I started supporting the club in 1978, right? I was eight at the time. And it was known even then that, that Elton John, yeah, absolutely, he was homosexual. It was known. It was pretty much open. He went through many kind of iterations and had a, had a, had a marriage during the FA Cup, but no, everybody knew exactly where he stood. It's a ridiculous thing to to see and hear somebody shouting out something like that in today's age. It's not needed. It's not required. I've mentioned before, and I appreciate that I make I'm, I'm taking two things and cross referencing them here, but it's the only thing that I've got comparable. Was in the mid nineties, I was when I started football coaching. I basically coached my 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 brother's nephew's football team, and because it, the, the the nephew happened to be uh, of mixed race. And he was an Arsenal supporter, but I took him to Watford because he didn't have very much to kind of go going on to, to go and enjoy. And so I just took him to football. Now, I'd never, ever tuned into a frequency of walking into Watford and experiencing anything. But I, I wasn't listening to it. I wasn't tuned into it. I was deaf to it beforehand. The moment I walked in with somebody I still refer to as my nephew, I was suddenly tuned in to the fact that he might receive racial comments. Fortunately, he didn't. There was no such thing. We're now forward winding 30 years and this is being shouted out. People, we can do so much better. We can do so much better because it isn't required at all. So I think most people will be in absolute complete support of you, Geordie. I'm sorry that, that one, it occurred. It, it would appear to me that this is because we've had a couple of recordings and podcasts with, with Dave Messenger, who, amongst other things, obviously does EDI, but he also co- coordinates the, the We Allies campaign, that you don't have to know exactly where it was, but they will have a record as to who is who is going to be in that vicinity 
and can maybe contact people and say, just to reiterate to those individuals who are in that vicinity, not saying that they have said it, but that they understand this is not the wording we use. We are culturally, as a club, we are culturally as aligned to, to, to equality as we can be. And for individuals to come out and say that is it go, goes really against the Watford values, the true Watford values laid down by Graham Taylor and Elton John back in the 70s. Absolutely shocking. Sorry you went through it, mate. Yeah. Also, I do these spaces all the time, every week. And I always, when the diversity comes up, I try to change the topic because that's not what I'm there to talk about. I'm there to talk about football. And I always think it doesn't happen that much at Watford. And it doesn't, to be fair. I've, I've been to 199 football games, actually, I keep track. And it's very rare do I see these things happening at Watford. But I saw it today and I have to do that because especially in the last few days, there have been people, Watford fans on Twitter saying it never happens at Watford. Nothing goes wrong at Watford. Well, you know what? Today, that was proved wrong. So I don't want to hear that ever again from Watford fans because things happen everywhere. And just if you don't experience it, you said it yourself there. It was actually, I'm really glad you said it. You said you never thought about the racism at Vicarage Road until you went with your nephew. Exactly. It's exactly that. Until you're listening for it, you won't notice it. But it does exist. Well, as I say, I'm sorry that you went through that. I don't think it is commonplace, but one is too many. And therefore, we, it shouldn't be that's the case. The other month, it was after the Rotherham game. And, and, and this is why these things all need, and I appreciate you say, well, I kind of, kind of veer away from that. This is why these things actually need to be discussed. Because when we had that discussion after that particular game, maybe because we'd won it 5-0 because it was the home Rotherham game and people weren't kind of quite so worried as to why we can't defend free kicks or whatever it was, we ended up getting on to talking about all sorts of things, including the, the, full, spe- the full continuum of EDI and about the fact that people will feel unwelcome and other people won't necessarily know it. We also spoke about people suffering with dementia and all sorts of elements. And it all came from a question from somebody saying, does this happen? I don't, I'm not sure it does. And a lot of people came back and debated. And that's why the debate and the conversation is so genuinely important to have. It doesn't mean that you're right or you're wrong. It means that everybody can be educated or can learn from other people's opinions and have an understanding of that doesn't mean that you're being educated in that you didn't know this you didn't know that but you didn't know how it made that particular person feel you didn't know that person was feeling that when they were at the club this is why the debate has gone on long and hard about whether or not various things should be said at a football ground I'm not going to say whether people's own individual thoughts are right or wrong they're your own individual thoughts but understanding and appreciating how other people feel suddenly makes you think about it differently because it did with me because I simply hadn't registered it and I do describe it as tuning into a wavelength it was literally like listening to a radio station that I didn't realize was out there and as I said for me and for, for that situation for the time that I was taking uh, uh, my my nephew along because uh, he, he he kept being an Arsenal fan I, I tried to convince he was not for turning it didn't happen it didn't happen I know I'm not I'm not that convincing you can understand this but for anybody else why would you say why would you do something that's that, that's only going to be offending other people for, for, who, who aren't even involved in this particular process uh, about something which is entirely irrelevant and completely in a, in 2024 it's not needed it's just not needed but no, mate, carry on the conversation. That's the most important thing, Jordy. And I would encourage you to do that on, on Yellow Brick, etc. Because it's it, it does need to be carried on. <laughs> Did you on. get the name? No. Yeah, yes, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to read it the other week and I got it all right. You know me, I'm very bad with words. Yellow Brick Road Boys, there you go. Yellow Brick Road Boys. 
you, you be, yeah. I can barely do not scratch oh, yeah. your eyes, and I'm on that. So what can you do? Never mind. <laughs> Geordie, sir, look, I'm sorry to hear yeah. from that. Don't let that spoil your day. Don't let that spoil your support of the football club. Always realise that that's the exception rather than the rule, but never yeah. apologise for it. Yeah. All right, sir. Look, right. Look. Thank you, I won't take off any more of your time. No, not at all. I'm sorry that has been the pervading experience of today. It's not needed. And let's face it, there was enough There was enough to moan about with, with, with the result and, and, and the lack of goal scoring and the general kind of results as they are. What you really don't need is, is that being shouted. It's just not needed. It's just simply not needed. Let's get, let's get Greg on, from who was travelling down on the said boat that we heard from earlier on from, from Gary. Greg, sir, what did you make of the whole boating and Millwall experience today. Okay, I've already put a message out. The football came third to the boating that came first. Good. And a lovely, lo- a lovely lunch we had at Borough Market. A lovely line court cod and chips. Oh, it was lovely, it was. <laughs> cod and chips, you can't beat it. You can't beat it. Come on in, Oh, sir. this was this was line court. This was line court cod. Very different to standard cod. Okay, but, we, uh, we're going to play this out. We're going to play this out for one final time. I'm going to ask you about your cod, and you're just going to answer exactly as you said. Greg, is that cod caught in caught in fishing nets? <laughs> no, caught by a line, mate. Caught by a line. There you go, EastEnders, finishing and dealing with fishing quotas now. What can I say? God, blimey, this is going badly, yeah. isn't it? Never mind. Come on then, mate. Let, let, mate let's get mate, to the third mate. part. Yeah, we've just got back to Amersham and my lovely wife's just picked us up. Hello, Mrs. Um, w. Hello. There you go. <laughs> yeah, mate, dreadful. Dreadful, and if he is still employed by Watford now, I hope I hope he isn't, because that is just not good enough. Some of the quotes I read he's coming out with, that Gakia was always the first choice right back. Nonsense. That we matched Millwall when it was a deflected goal, and oh, shut up, Val, just shut up and go. This is not good enough. Tippy tappy from the back. Let's just, for the end of the season, mix it up, go a bit direct. Mate, this stupid system we're trying to play, we're trying to play like Man City, and we're not Man City, and we haven't got Man City players. It's just, I've had enough, Pete, I've had enough. And, uh, if I hadn't already bought, uh, bought a ticket for Birmingham away, I wouldn't be going. It's just not good enough. What's the consensus? I've come on quite late. What's the consensus, mate? I think the general consensus is almost to... There's probably been two calls, including Mal, who went, well, what, what's the point? Where would we see it? But Mal had a Mal, Mal was in the pub. He was doing one of life's better choices yet again. Well done, Mal. The question is... We have to see something because there's still six points to get to safety. Realistically, yeah, uh, it might, it may be less. I grant you, but do we really want to go through eleven games just going? Well, we don't really worry about whether or not we get a result in any of those. I don't know about you guys but at home, but uh, personally, when I'm at a game, I want us to try to do our best to win it, and I've not seen that at home pretty much all season, apart from Rotherham and QPR, who were both two teams who were playing at their absolute lowest ebb at that particular time. And the guys who travel away have had, I think, but on balance, a pretty good away season so far. But you still want to make sure we are seeing the effort. So the majority of people are reluctantly saying, 
Yeah, I, th- I think it's I think it's now time, and the people who've said about it are saying so. Look, we don't take any pleasure in it, but it's I think it is. I think it's about time. So look, opinions always vary because, and that's why we're here to try to kind of act as a barometer, which is I which barometers are, are, are knocked occasionally to find out whether they're going up or down. In this particular instance, it feels like it's moving outwards. Put it that way. It's it's not working, is it, Pete? For me, I'm, I'm putting Tom cleverly in charge on Wednesday night, going four four two back to basics and just having a go and have a go, because what have we got to lose by? Having, I would have preferred going to Millwall today and getting done four three or something if we were on the front foot and having a go, but it was just dreadful, absolutely dreadful, monotonous, repetitive. Nonsense. I think the majority of us mate, have, have had enough, have totally had enough. Yeah, absolutely. I'd be surprised if Gino isn't scouring the, the, the some bottom-end European divisions for some no-mark to take over. Maybe that works already in hand, but yeah, I'd, well, yeah, give it to Clevs. Give it to Clevs on Wednesday night and even maybe consider giving it to Clevs for the rest of the season, in my humble opinion, because it can't be worse than what it can't be worse than this, Colin. Can it? Can't be worse. No, fair enough. Few weeks. No, it's not going to be good. Otherwise, it's going to. It's. It, we are where we are. So it's. It's one of them. It's one of them. We'll see where we get to. But look, you get back to Wendover, and uh, yeah, absolutely, because it's now. I now have to make sure I'm getting into doing five words, guys, because it's it's nearly eight o'clock. But we will see you, I'm sure, on Wednesday. Thank you, Mrs. W. Thank you, Colin. See you, buddy. Lovely stuff. Excellent stuff. Brilliant. Right, let's get to these. Let's get to these five-word reviews. I'm um, not going to do any more calls because it's just we're just there, right? So let's get to five-word reviews. We've got loads of them. If you need to get out and go for your Saturday evening, you go straight away for it. No problem. Plenty here. We start with Alan Lathwell. He says clean sheet but wrong end. He also says beaten in just three minutes. Carl Campion says extremely excited for Wednesday now. Oh, I sense sarcasm. Well done. TJD, the cycle about to reset. Yeah, now that's Thomas J Design, who does all of the stuff for the all of those great designs for the 1881. Brilliant work that he does there. Fears that we are about to reset. Doesn't say if that's a good or a bad thing, but is that where we're about to go to? Peter Elson says, imagine another season of Val Ball. That's enough. That would be an interesting question. Would you want Val for next season? And I think that would probably be a universal no. I suspect it would be a universal note. I could be wrong. I'm in Spain, so meh, says Brian Edwards. Well done. Alan WFC says tactics simply have to change. Natasha Wright says closer to relegation than promotion. That was one of the things and the thick pieces that we we talked about. Pete Fincham says, I've stopped paying much attention, and I fear other people may do too. Louis Tashira, usually embarrassing, dire away trip. Yes, it was. Carl Campion, an Elton team talk required. Well... That would be good. Justin, it stopped hurting me now. Hornet49 says, gave up, watched the Grand Prix. Fazana Chowdhury says, I hope Troy comes back. Well, Fazana, you're responsible. You're responsible for this going along. So just, you just watch yourself. She says, I hope Troy comes back. She's stated that's going to be her five-word review until further notice, I believe. Well done, well done. And Fazana and everybody else, thank you very much for your comments with regards to the Troy, the, the Troy podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Alan Lathwell also says, Gianni Vio, set-piece clown. This is the new set-piece coach that we've had in. We were discussing those because I don't think we've really scored one since and we certainly still keep 
conceding. Ryan Cripp says, a typical defeat. Val surely out. Bad day at the office as usual. Patrick Hagen says, Val, Duxbury, Gino, all out. There you go. He sees you and he'll raise you. Gary D. Godwin says, the Badger versus Three Horseshoes, 1974. Gary, I've got no idea what that means, but that's the best one. I My favourite. Badger versus the Three Horseshoes. Three Horseshoes, that, that was the pub that's now the Harvester up near Garston, isn't it? If I remember rightly, we deserve to go down, says Laws. Mikey Abraham says relegation battle, definitely a possibility. Alan Lathwell again, double sessions, you say? <laughs> yes, that was suggested that, that for two days they did double sessions. Of what? I'm not sure. Smitty says dopey donkeys dicked at the den. Nice, nice iteration, Smitty, like that. Gareth says Grand Prix just a shit. <laughs> Gareth's going back on the Grand Prix decision. Fair enough. Paul Fiander Turner, who we spoke about earlier on coming back on the bus, said, oops, we did it again. Very good Brittany impression. Jane Kearney says, can we ever win again? Carl Wilson, Val needs help with you. Need help with your bags. Okay, six words to sue me. <laughs> I, I like the fact that Carl is now basically overstepping the mark and already kind of defending his legal claim to do so. I like that. Willie Eckers, like, hello, Ken, says, like them, I give up. Ugh. Alan Lathwell, let me down yet again, spineless, he says. Where's my drink? Peter Ryan says, Watford, new way to throw away three points. Ryovich, new way to throw the ball. Yeah, <laughs> it's the second forward that we've discovered has a long throw. Now, of course... Forwards, it would, it could be, and probably should be argued, are the last person that you really need to be throwing the ball into the box. They're the person you want on the end of it. As Charlie said earlier on, if he can find a way of throwing it, running really quickly, getting on the end of it, that's a good thing. But we only have long throw forwards. Who knew this? Ben, played well, really unlucky. Not. Cone says, our fan base needs humbling. Oh, right, we, we've got somebody who says, we need humbling. Well, I don't know if that's in relation to our opinion on Val, then, then fine, that's your point, that's your point, we like that. Lee Loco Milky Joe says, let's be honest, utter shite. Peter Joyless-Jones says, long throw specialist, secret weapon. Watford FC Sweden, we can't score and can't win. Mark N74 says, I don't know why we bother. Ben come back and says, don't, ref a complete homer. Yeah, I thought the ref was, I just thought the ref was bad. I thought he was letting everything go. And there was a couple of, a couple of bookings that I thought we would have got further, but he just... Seemed to just not want to do anything. Carb said, sideways, backwards, sideways, backwards, loss. K-Man says, Pozzo, get out. With a fine, I think that's a Cary Grant gift. Well done. Toxic boardroom, to tactically shite, miserable, says Alan. He's Alan's having a run of these. He's enjoying these. Uncle Ron says, Cespet FZ, the team for you. James DJ, J. Roos says, hard to support this bunch. M says, shit, shit, and shit. Excellent. We come to Hornet Haikus. One floor in the plan. We're never going to score. Otherwise, not bad. Yeah, it's where we heard from, from Steve earlier on from, from Millwall say, you're not the worst we've seen, and actually you put us under a bit of pressure, just the final ball. It's the final, and that's that final third. That's where it all collapses. Jason Rose says, relegation is becoming real possibility. Malk says, hey, relegation, wait for us. Simon Parkins, playoffs, 12 points away. Relegation, six points away. But he's done it with arrows and very... Creative, I like that. Jason Loop says, show corner flag soon, please. <laughs> Fuck off, Gino. Scott Mogi says, Frederick Gustafsson. Pleasant. John Parzo says, insipid, painful clowns lack quality. David Small has come to us with a poo emoji. Just the one. That's where he likes to do it. Excellent. Just that. Andrew Argent, it's a sad situation. Sorry, does seem to be the hardest word. Hampshire Hornet says, Potso out reaping what is, sh what is sown. 
Mark of Watford and England, hello Mark, says, wonderfully encouraging but desperately unlucky. This is a parody account. <laughs> very good, I like that. I like that very much. We might have to do parody parody five words in future at one point. Not until we say otherwise. Please end the season now, says Dr. Dickie Sutton. He should know he has a medical training. Alex has turned off the game after the goal and watched Serbian football instead. Better quality football there than whatever Watford do. Serbian football? I watched Croatian football. I watched second division Croatian football, me and my son, when we were out there. And we just went, yeah, no, we're going to go and watch this. No idea who was playing or why, but, you know, we'll do anything. It's a game. Washing up tips, greatly appreciated, says Colin Smith. Right, so, Colin, when you're going to wash up, first thing you do, you get your nice your soapy suds and you do your glasses first. And you do your glasses, and ideally you're doing this while you're still filling up the bowl because you can use the bowl of hot water... Uh, Rather, you can use the, the running water to de-soap the, the glasses. And then they can stack up first, you see. And then you, go, then you can kind of pretty much do anything in any order. But there you go. That's my tip. Simon Watford, WFC, says, going down, playing like that. Derek Armson says, lack of quality, final third. Exactly, Derek. Sean Walsh, desperately grasping for survival foothold. Paul Biswell, Wednesday's going to be fun again. I sense sarcasm. Even Klopp would struggle here, says TJ2626. Paul Biswell, has he been sacked yet? Not to my knowledge. Spike, very worrying. Les, he says, we continue to lack bite. That's a good one. I like that. Huffed and puffed. Ishmael in, says Rob C. Index Jesus. There you go. WFC chef. And now the end is... Dot, 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 dot. Hannah Louise says, manager needs to be sacked. Jimbo, Phoebe, they wanted it more. Oh, feeble, they wanted it more. For some reason, I was just reaching out to, to friends' characters for no apparent reason. Feeble, they wanted it more. Sorry, Jimbo, I stuffed that one up right royally. Stuart Roberts just sends us a nice picture of a corner flag. Cameron, believe in Ishmael, not Potso, he says. Jay says, refund on Brum tickets, please. Chris Taufer says, there is no final third. <laughs> what? This is true. This is, it's, it's like, been me all along. There was me imagining that there was a final third, but of course it's not. Nelly H, is Emmanuel Dennis the problem? Question mark. Well, the time, I don't think in the play is, but I don't, if you look at when the, when we started to fall off a cliff, it was in and around that time when it came in, when he came in. And, but I've heard from people that he's, he's doing everything right. He's trying to do everything he can. When he's playing wide, he just doesn't look like the answer to me personally, but especially when he's played wide on the right, but we don't seem to have anybody who wants to play wide on the right unless they're left-footed. Dylan Shah, what have they been training on? Good question. League one piss-up pending, says Tyler. Chris Taufer's back again. He says, wasn't expecting this much heartburn. Oh, it's tragic, says Mr. Lancey. Gary Short, six points off relegation. David says Ishmael has no plan B. As I said, I saw somebody say the response to that went, plan A, question mark? Sideways, backwards, ball gone, Val gone, says the Albatross. Nick Brooks says, bye-bye, Val. Sharky777 says, possibly worse than last week. Oh, yeah, no, I'd go with that. Although, I don't know. Not sure. Maybe, maybe that moment from Dennis kind of punctuated last week. Can anyone take a fucking corner on Simon W? What would I say? Could have played all night without scoring. Couldn't score in a fucking brothel, says Adam. Dominant display with no end product. Just terrible. And if you remember, I offered Adam the the set-piece coach role, but he, he declined it. He declined it on the basis it's not rugby, which is a fair point. Six foot three forward taking throws, says Gary Short. Well said. Well said, Gary. Exactly. Sean says, huff, puff, no end product. Yellow Army says, absolute fucking bollocks. Val out. Well done. Like that. Like that a lot. David Sweet comes in with a couple. He says, cleverly in on Monday. Surely Val is gone. Ince is incoming. David, David, don't say things like that. That's scary. Don't say things like that. Where was Tom Ince today? Was he in the squad? Who knows? Mikey. 
Troy till end of the season? Question mark. I don't think so. I don't think that was anything that, that he was. I don't think he was aiming at anything like that. We had a long conversation and it meandered in and around and all over the place. But I don't think he meant that. Zero fucking quality by Val says Michael Sills. David tweets back again. Anyone that streamed that crap for free should be asking for a refund. <laughs> Kevin Jackson says structured shithousery trumps timorous toothlessness. Timorous. Timorous. Now, that's de- very much a word north of the border, isn't it? Timorous wee beastie normally, that kind of thing. Right, let's get into the long forms, and then we can finish off. Wendover, who we just finished off with there, he says, I don't know anybody who was actually within this stadium watching that utter shit who would argue against sacking Val. Val out. Mal says, definitely going to stay up. We'll get six points and then see who can get in to replace Val. There you go. Two differences of opinion, and that's fine. The world doesn't end because we have differences of opinion. We can just respect other people's opinions and go with that. Paul Fianderserna says, do not sticker your entrances. And he's, he's put a do, he put one of our do not scratch your eyes stickers in. Well, the, put it this way. It's, it's the only glove we laid on them today. Gary, we heard from him earlier on. He said, I've had a great day today. First away game in 20 years and was on a boat on the Thames with fellow fans. It was cold. It was wet, but awesome. Melanie on WFC Fred says, is this acceptable? Oh, you're sending me pictures. No, that's that's not too bad, right? She sent me a picture of a draining board. That's not too bad. If you had about 13 layers onto that melt, then you're getting to the point that I'm making. There we go. I'm, I'm standing up for many things today, and most of all, it's draining board rights. Natasha says, podcast is skillfully managed tonight, as always. A high calling beckons. A higher calling beckons. I, res- I resent the suggestion that in any way, shape or form, I have skillfully managed anything. Paul Fianna Turner says, Benny Hill moved about, though. <laughs> Oh, that's very good. I like that. Yes, we've had lots of we've had lots of EastEnders and a fair bit of Benny uh, so far today. Natasha's back again. She says, if we get the basics right off the pitch, corners, dead ball, defensive walls, etc., and communicate on the pitch, we still have time for a respectable finish, not a relegation scrap. What are we practicing between games, and where is our fighting spirit? Watched Huddersfield versus Leeds earlier, and fair play to the Terriers. They fought and scrapped their way to a 1-1 draw, playing with 10 men for 45 minutes of the game. Deserve to stay up with that team spirit, grit and determination. They absolutely do. Justin said, my prediction, 1-0 prediction came good. It did, yes, I've got it in front of me. Hopefully put some daylight between me and artificial stupidity. (laughs) Yes, it does. They went artificial stupidity. Went for a Desmond Tutu, but then again, that's just me pressing a random button. Doctor Dicky Sutton comes to us with medical training and says, "Whilst we were completely and utterly shit today, if you look at the numbers, we're very unlikely to go down. In eight of the last ten seasons, forty-six points should have kept us up, and this season, with half the teams in the division still below us, if we scrape a few more points, we'll be okay. Nice, nice. And of course, we have to respect that opinion." He has a medical training. I'm putting a lot of weight on that medical training. Normally in a football context, Dickie, I'm very sorry, but I'm stretching it, but I don't care. Natasha Wright also comes back and says, Wendover Horn, my marine theme for your day out would be the theme from the O'Needen line. Now, the O'Needen line was a a very dull drama, as I remember it, because I was about seven and my grandparents insisted that we watch it on a Sunday night in a house that had a barometer, but never mind. That's my pain. You don't have to deal with it. It says, perfect for your magnificent line court cod. Original is from the Adagio of Spartacus and Phrygia, the opening piece in suite number two by Aram Kachaturian. 
1903 to 1978. Natasha, you're really trying to push this skillfully managed nonsense, aren't you? This is good. Martin said, Peter, never got a tune. Natasha's back again. Sorry, did I hear we were being coached our set pieces? Extra homework required for the class. Crumbs, I doubt even Klopp could rescue us from our self-made doldrums unless we went straight to the academy to pick our starting eleven. Well, Klopp's an inspiration in a way. I know he's going, but look how many of the youngsters he's playing. I appreciate the Liverpool team has got, and you might like or loathe Liverpool, I don't know, he does have a number of players out. That's why they're coming in and playing. But they, it does show that you can try and entrust in, in the youth, and sometimes you don't know whether or not that's there. Look at the value that, that the fans are placing on that, because if any other player was being rested other than Ryan Andrews, I think we'd probably not be really questioning it. We value them when they're one of our own and they come through and you want to support them. And that's what's happening at Liverpool at the moment. They're getting their chance. He's really kind of having maybe moving towards changing of the guard there where he's giving whoever inherits him some, some real youth and quality and depth. Mark of Watford and England says, Gino is taking longer to whack this co the coach this time since he knows it's another hit to the financials and is playing that off against the possibility of relegation. He's likely seek guidance from Moji over a glass of Barolo tonight before deciding if Val's time is up. Yep. Rich very kindly sent us that, that the tweet from Andrew, from Andrew French, because, of course, he goes and, and pinholes Val and asks him questions and put out and says, said, ask Val about his selection at right back. He said that Ngaki had been first choice in that position since he came to the club. I think Kiko Fomenia might have a thing to say about that. Melanie WFC on thread said, I'm so sorry, Geordie. This is still a problem in football. Lots of love. No, absolutely. It doesn't need to be... It doesn't need to be full stop. That's pretty much it. I can't add more value than that, to be frank. I'm I'm barely able to comprehend it. Stephen Atkinson said, sacking the manager will make absolutely no difference. The club is absolutely rotten from the owner downwards. We will only spiral downwards until Gino sells the club. Whoever the manager is makes no difference. There we go. Melanie's back again. She said, really interesting from the Millwall fan. Thank you for contributing. Absolutely. Steve came on, put, put some great points across and was a sombre... No, not somber. It was a kind of heartening kind of suggestion. No, I, I think you'll be okay. But if you are going to do it and look for a bounce, then do it earlier than later. And as I mentioned, there's been a couple of, uh, of teams, Huddersfield one, Millwall again today. We've both faced them on manager bounces and, th and they've got the result. And we, we talk about wanting to get everything uh, sorted and everything prepared and everything, lots of preparation. These guys have come in with literally no preparation and got two results against us. That's a concern. Dr. City... On the beach, he says, there's a gif in there for everybody. Stephen Atkinson said, why the fuck are we playing in a change trip when there was no colour clash? Fucking shameful. No, it, my only thought was that obviously we've got a lot of black in the kit and they've got quite a dark navy shirt. That's my only real... However, I only thought about that after an hour raging in exactly the same way you are, Stephen. I agree completely. The colour opposite of blue and white is yellow and black. Go figure. And then why go to the one with white shorts? You've got a white and burgundy combination. Oh, I don't know. Is anyone going on Wednesday? Asked Melanie. Yes, I'm going. Ryevich can at least take throw-ins, says Stephen. If nothing else, not quite least in at length, but not far off. But he also says, nice few drinks with my brother, interrupted by some totally shit football. Yes, absolutely. Mark is back at Watford in England. He says, we talk a lot about the 4-0 first half versus QPR. We do, you're right. I wonder if that was anything to do with Val at all. For all we know, we could have told them to pass sideways for the first 15 minutes, but QPR's incompetence made it impossible to do anything but slice through them and constantly hit the net. Could be. Andrew Argent says, sell the club Gino Pozzo. Sell the club, I pray. Sell the club Gino Pozzo. It's time for you to go away. Andrew, I'm not going to sing however much you goad me into it. 
we all know that's not true. I'll probably start singing at any point. Antipozzo songs in the last few minutes. Dennis arguing with fans at the end because he didn't like being booed at the end of the game, says Stephen. Blimey. William Wonga says, just tell me why we can't go down. Can you see another win seriously? Can you? He asked. That's obviously in a conversation I've heard up the thread. Michael Froome says, after listening to that Troy interview, I would definitely be getting him involved in some capacity. If nothing else, he would ensure the right mentality and would stand for half-hearted attitudes. He 100% gets it. Gareth Ainsworth is free, says Richie Dixon. Richie, good shot. Well done. Well done for keeping some form of perspective on all of this. Cohn says, every season goes new manager, bad form going into November. Some Pensioners gets a start and everyone loves him. Form picks up into the new year. Form drops mid-January. Signed some 18-year-old South American. Protests against owners start too late. Season ends and we do it again. That's pretty good. Cone, Cone, where are we? Hold on, hold on. Here we go. Cone. That's a work of art, sir. I'm very impressed. Paul Fiander Turner says, Alan, spot on there, 100%. That was about 100 years ago when we first started this. Please read some of the quotes Val is coming out with to Andrew French. Val is deluded, says Wendover. We have done. We've been doing that, honestly. What do you like? He's probably only halfway to Wendover at the moment. Louis Tashira says, another terrible performance. How many times do we see it? We're going backwards week on week. Feels like the last season again. Mid-season run keeps keeping us out of the uh, the drop zone we're an average side playing average football almost another embarrassing away day paul fiander turner says the squad too small Semma rushed back in a shadow of his uh, of himself pre-injury kmb the same went over horn back again he says today boat trip booze trip fish and chips at borough market then football Football struggled to come third in that particular list of pleasures. Val out. Melanie's back. I agree about Andrews. There's no other reason that makes sense. M. Emma says, KMB looks shot to shit after injury. We do not look like a well-gelled team. No consistency, no plan B. Shit tactics from Val. And what was Hamer on? He looked like he got hammered last night. Oh, very good. And was hanging out of his ass today. That's a bit too visual. Why not play Matty? Load of pollocks. M, you've worked hard at that and I'm very pleased. Jesse Hornet, surely Val got to go now. Jesse, we were desperately trying to get you in earlier on. That would have been lovely. Val, it's time to go, says Martin. Alan Lathwell says, I'd rather talk about Terry's washing up techers than football. That's true. Paul Fiat Turner says, very comfortable with our possession, but completely indifferent as to wanting to actually do anything with it. First half, Livermore passed three shocking hospital balls. Dennis couldn't trap a dead pigeon. Did pigeons the things we trap? I'm not sure. Semmer kept running off the pitch. Lewis kept checking back. Tragic. Hampshire Hornet. With with VI remaining in charge, we are in trouble. It's evident that he doesn't know how to arrest this downward spiral. We look uncoached. When Rivich stepped in, stepped up to take his first long throw, says Mark of Watford in England, did anyone else have a flashback of Harry Kane taking corners for England? Oh, well done. Well done. Oh, hello. Oh, right. Okay. Charlie's on. He's asking me to do impressions. Now, I won't sing, but I will do impressions. They'll be very bad ones. Now, he's asking me to do an impression in Peggy Mitchell's voice. I can't do Peggy Mitchell's voice, but I can try and do Roy Hodgson. So we're going to do saying it as Peggy Mitchell, played by Roy Hodgson. Get out of my club, Gino Pozzo. Come on, BBC. That's got to be worth an audition at least. Carl Wilson says, I'm not enjoying watching Watford play anymore. I did get it back, but now it's gone. Just sack Val. Give Deeney and Cleverly 11 games till the end of the season. Jesse Hornet. Sorry, guys. My signal is shite. We'll maybe try again next time. Please do. We would love to have a chat with you, Jess. Carl Wilson's back again. Our forwards could not hit Peter's bum with honey on it. There is, this is becoming an obsession. I tell you what. Next time my wife comes home with honey, I'm leaving the house. Ian McMillan says, you're not... You're, 
that lot only gone and made it 2-2 with a clever... Oh, no, don't say things like that. Oh, right, right, Paul, I can see you know. I will bring you on. We'll just do a quick one in just a second. Ed says, I actually thought Ngakia was decent, was half decent today compared to the rest. That's a fair point. I don't think he was he was the, the, the worst there. Thank you, Ed. Hope you're well, mate. Ian McMillan back again said, noticed BBC story a few days ago saying, Troy was sacked by Rovers in part for threatening to punch the fourth official in the head. Perhaps not right time to bring him back, despite the excellent work you've done in interviews. Yeah, that's fine. Um, look, all we do was, was talk to the man. He's. I'll chat a little bit about that in a minute, but to get Val out of the club, says Daniel. Charlie, club's a mess. Different Charlie. Jake Brown says, give it to Troy till the end of the season with a gift with him. Is Troy the only Watford player we've got with a gift? That might be reason enough. Who knows? This guy's great, mate. Keep him on, I beg, says uh, Max WFC. I don't know who that was. Hornets 1992. What happened to the team that smashed Preston away? Disgraceful. He needs to go or Pozzo needs to sell up. Richie Dixon. It would be disastrous for Watford to change their manager now. Shane Cooper. Anyone notice our warm-up before the game? We play unopposed and get the ball into the box and still didn't score. We can't score when there is no opposition. How on earth are we going to score against live players? Shane, part part of the group, because some of our, our patrons are part, are part of the group, and one of the guys there who was there today sent us the video of it and went, look at this. This is, and it was literally all over the place. Paul Holly, I'm going to come to you in a moment. See Wayne Andrews reply to my tweet, Ryan's dad. Right, we're going to come to, we're going to come to Mr. Paul Holly. Let's do that now, and then I'll finish off the last ones there, because he's got a quick point that he'd like to make, and we like him making quick points, which is very good. Paul, sir, how are you doing? Yes, hi, good evening, Pete. Just very quickly... I, off the back of Andrew French, hearing from Valeron that Ngakia is always the first choice right back, I tweeted earlier that if Ngakia is the first choice and Tom Dembele is the second choice, that must make Ryan Andrews the third choice. And I made the comment, to me, that's mental bullying of one of our own. Anyway, Ryan's dad has replied publicly and he's actually said Val is trying to mentally bully him but won't get away with it. And he's actually put that in the public domain. So he's there's a lot of us know what's going on there. And Wayne, his father's actually replied to my tweet in the public domain. So I just wanted to bring that to everyone's attention, Pete. Thank you, Paul. I appreciate you coming on, mate. Appreciate it indeed. There has been suggestions going on, and now, as you say, it's in the public domain, that that... Ryan Andrews has not been treated particularly well and that there were some issues and a fallout of some kind and some kind of description, not known. And obviously he still hasn't managed to get back into his good books. But there you go and have a look at go and have a look at Paul's tweet, Paul Holly. Holly sixty eight Paul. He's always a great contributor here and thank you very much for coming on and letting us know that, because that might affect it. If you think about this logically, we've just signed Ngakia on a four year deal. Fine. Got no problem with that. Uh, providing that it's in some way, shape or form a pay-as-you-play kind of variable structured thing so that we're not just paying an injured player because he has had some injury issues. That's nothing about the way he played. And we just said earlier on from Ed pointing out he wasn't the worst player today and you're not wrong, he wasn't. Ryan Andrews, I think everybody can see it, has real potential. Would he go at the end of the season or would he go at the end of the next season? Who knows? But if properly developed, he wouldn't look out of place stepping up. I think we all know this. And for his dad, Wayne Andrews, formerly a striker at Watford, to come out and say that means, that really means something. And credit to the lad for keeping his dignity and playing without having come out and said that. We will see what develops. That's going to give uh, people at the club something to think about. 
Relegation is a possibility, says Snowboy. Richie Dixon, could you get could you get dragged into it? Yeah, we could do. Absolutely. Jason says, I hope they don't drag cleverly from the under-18s. He's doing a fabulous job. Let him carry in that on and learn. Why not ask Nigel Gibbs to take over Robbo and Troy's assistants? That's a good shout. We're going to finish this bit with Watford Limericks. Now, everything seems just the same. We really are looking quite lame. This has just got to end. Can't attack, can't defend. Game after game. Look at that. That's... That is as strong as I think we've ever had. That really is very good indeed. Very good indeed. Guys, right. Well, where, where do we finish this off quickly? Because uh, it's very late. We had, First of all, we started this week off. Uh, uh, Carl, Justin and I had the great joy of chatting with, uh, with, with, with Troy for an hour. Okay, it was set up for an hour. That's what he was going to give us. We got a note that he could start a bit early. We started off a little bit early. First 15 minutes, while Carl was still trying to hightail it back, back home from work, we got Troy on and we asked if there was a couple of people who got birthdays and there, there was somebody who wasn't having the best of days. Could you just do a couple of quick videos for us? We are just three disembodied heads. Doesn't know us from Adam. Yeah, absolutely. Of course it is. And we discussed and we chatted with him. Now, I'm not saying that this man is perfect in any way, shape or form. We all know that Troy, he, when he was playing for us, was that he had flaws. He went he went to prison. He's trying to deal with, we've all got, we've all got flaws and, and issues and what have you. But he did represent this club with with a lot more than simply distinction. He really did. And he gave us loads of time because we got to the end of what would have ended up being like the first hour and a half, what have you. And he said, no, don't worry, I can give you an extra half an hour. Don't worry about it. Move, kind of, because he was. If you've, if you've heard the conversation, it's just four guys, basically. It's four fans talking about the club that they love. Okay, And he happens to be one with the inside track and some hopefully really enjoyable stories that hopefully kind of peel back a little bit of the veil. He's got thousands more, I'm sure. Right? That was what it was. So the conversation meandered all over the place. I did the edit, which basically meant that I took out the errs and the ums and a, f- and a few kind of bits where people went off to go to the loo and all of that sort of stuff. But pretty much what's packaged into those four podcasts was about uh, three and a half hours in the end, was just taking all of those little bits out that just superfluous nonsense so that hopefully it's a good listening experience. And then we literally went from the start all the way through to the finish. There was nothing kind of moved or, or, or edited or moved or jumped about. So apologies if sometimes it, it was a bit circuitous because that's the way conversations are. But hopefully it was very organic. We heard basically what we were seeing was somebody who does genuinely love the club and genuinely would like to do anything for the club. Now, that last but one note from Jason when he says about Nigel Gibbs and Robbo, he actually called out a number of players, I mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, who would do anything for the club, there are people there. I'm not saying Troy was going to be that. He's let's face it. We we started talking at the at the very start of it in part one, and he said, "Actually, I kind of appreciate that. I need to. It's got to be the right job and at the right time, and I've got to learn. It wasn't going to be this early, etc." With, with Forest Green, I, I don't think I don't think he's he's there. I think he needs to come in and at a club, and it might be Watford, it might not be at some point. Who knows? And learn his craft. He mentioned that. He was, and this is then we go jumping back to part four, when he finally said, by the way, I was going to be coming in. I was like, all right, okay. As a potential kind of player coach role, was in, he was talking about kind of like taking the under 14s or 15s, taking one of the junior groups to kind of earn his chops in terms of kind of the coaching piece. That's there. Anyway, look, it was a long conversation because what we're not about is headlines. If you took that three and a half hour conversation and you took a couple of headlines and put it in the Daily Mail or where have you'd see somebody some something and say, We don't, we try and just put it out so you can hear exactly how it went, exactly what was what. 
that's how we try to roll. Hopefully it was enjoyable. We have to say a massive thank you because about two hours in, you just went, look, I've just canned, I've just canned my other thing uh, tonight. Don't worry, it's tomorrow's problem. you got as long as you want. Let's just chat. And that was lovely. So, look, I had an opinion of Troy. You will have an opinion of Troy for good or for bad. It doesn't really matter. All of this does, it's not trying to convince you of anything. It shouldn't do. It's just to add in to the weight of evidence that helps you make a judgment on him or on anybody else that we get to, to chat to. Because especially with Carl and Justin in the first kind of year of, of, of setting this up, we spoke to a whole host of players, uh, or former players, I should say. We don't talk to players because, let's face it, we just bring a curse upon the club. We all know this. That's not a good thing. So, no, former players, because they've got some real stories, they've got some real openers, and, and kind of cast you back to that particular time. Hopefully we'll get more of those we are certainly working on it, but it was an absolute joy. Today, yeah, not so much. Obviously, it's disappointing. We will see what happens. We will see what happens. But with this run of form since Boxing Day, in any other Pozzo season, a change would have been made. I said earlier on, perhaps our desire not to see a change has maybe influenced them to not do so, because we know beforehand that previously they would have done but a lot of people are looking at this and saying there's something not quite right. And they're right at the last knock-ins. We heard something else that isn't quite right. No one wants to see anybody bullied in the workplace. That is the suggestion. And I know exactly what you know. Go and have a look at Paul's Paul's tweet and the response. I'm sure that can't be left to go uh, and fester. Final point, we had, we had Geordie come on earlier on. If you decide that you want to shout out something that is homophobic or racist or any of that stuff you're not only doing yourself a disservice and the football club a disservice you're also ironically doing a disservice to those people who say that doesn't happen at this club because you're proof positive that they're not correct and when they say it's not at this club you hope that they are saying that in the full thought and hope that it is not the case i spoke about my my nephew let's call him that who was a mixed race back in the 90s and I suddenly tuned into concern that you do when you've got the custody of a minor at that particular point and you're thinking and suddenly I'm thinking please don't shout out you useless whatever it doesn't need the additional adjective please don't say that it never did it never happened and I was I'm very pleased it didn't in fairness we had crowds of about 6,000 and we were bloody awful but that's not the point there was nothing there at the time that doesn't mean that there was nothing there that I didn't experience or I didn't hear. Last week, there, there was somebody who put a tweet on saying about the stewarding and saying, well, my experience has been this. Just because you haven't experienced something doesn't mean it doesn't exist. So, look, we're Watford. This is a day where we've lost. We haven't played particularly badly up until that final third, which I'm now really explained doesn't actually exist. Who knows? The thing for me, the guy's going down on the boat. That's what a football club's about, having a laugh, having an enjoyment and having somebody like Gary, who hasn't gone to an away game in 20 years, uh, coming on, getting involved here and then extending it down to there. That's got to be the thing, surely. Uh, not sure whether or not the women's game versus Charlton will get played with the deluge that's uh, that's been occurring because Wealdstone's ground basically is prone to flooding. There's a bit of a, a camber on it, so it does tend to retain water. But if it is on, have a look on the uh, the Twitter tomorrow and see if there's a ground inspection. But otherwise, they will be playing Charlton at 2 o'clock at Grosvenor Vale. First home game in a long time. Do see if you can get down there. But in the meantime, I'll just say this. Shame, really. Never mind. And we'll finish with this. Good night.
It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNuggets share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? <whistles> At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery free in terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.